Well, we we um, we we, we kind of talked about this a few weeks ago. We, meaning Sunday school teachers, and and thought that uh, it might be nice to um, to try to get everybody closer together, and so you felt like more of a of a of a group, and and uh, um, anyway, try to spur on a little bit more interaction and. And that type of thing. So, so we're gonna we're gonna try to to remind you uh, for quite a while now. To I chose this side. Who knows next week? Whoever teaches, they may choose that side. But <laughs> but we wanna we 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 wanna try to gather a little bit more uh, together during Sunday school. Of course, the ideal situation would be to have a room about tw- uh, half of this size um, where we could. Uh, feel closer together but <laughs> I, I thought about well we could squeeze into 160 and I thought boy that would be tough going so we, we did that for a while years and years ago and it, uh, some of you were it, it was a little crowded and yeah <laughs> some of us still call that the Deuteronomy room <laughs> I, I, I do that quite often <laughs> all right uh, so well thank you for uh, for bearing uh, for bearing with me um, I, I'm getting some dirty looks from some of you, but thank you for your patience and <laughs> on that. Um, so we're um, let's go ahead and and get started. Let's open with prayer. Father, we thank you for this day that you've made for us to, and uh, we we thank you for your Son Jesus Christ. We thank you for the gospel and our salvation that that we enjoy. Because of the blood of Jesus, we will celebrate the Lord's table later today, and we thank you that uh, we can remember the work on the cross. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, um, my assignment uh, today is intellectual wisdom, which sounds ominous, doesn't it? Intellectual wisdom. And my first... uh, as I looked at that title, my first thought was, "Well, what's that? <laughs> what what's intellectual wisdom? I'm not sure if I'm smart enough to figure this out." <laughs> intellectual wisdom. So I'm going to ask you this question. I'm going to ask you what intellectual wisdom is. But let's kind of pick this apart first. First of all, what do we mean by intellectual? What does what comes to your mind when you hear the word? <laughs> I just answered the question, right? <laughs> so what does intellectual mean? Ben says, your mind. Okay, any other thoughts? Logical thought. Okay. That you know how to use your mind. All right. If, if somebody is intellectual, maybe they're a highly educated um, person, they are well-studied possibly, um, have these monumental mental efforts that they go through, which most of us can't understand why anybody would do that. But uh, <laughs> So we have the word intellectual. So what do we mean by the word wisdom? Our wisdom is usually led by experience. 
okay? Experience is, is often used as a huge part of wisdom. And certainly, I think we would all say, yeah, that, you know, as, as you gain experience, you gain wisdom in learning how to deal with things. So certainly, we would probably all agree that, yeah, there's a certain amount of experience that goes along with, uh, with wisdom. What else might we say wisdom is? Apply knowledge, the application of knowledge, the application of that experience that we, we talked about, okay? Any other thought on wisdom? Okay, so what do we mean, do you think, by intellectual wisdom? Putting those two concepts together, our mind, mental capacities, the things that we do mentally, and then our the experience that we have, the and, and all that. What do you think we mean by intellectual wisdom? This is a hard question, isn't it? Intellectual wisdom. Okay, understanding. Okay, putting those ideas together so that there's a complete picture of understanding. All right. The nice thing about this is I'm not going to tell you that you're right or wrong. Uh, during the course of the lesson, maybe you'll figure out, oh, I was wrong. Or, <laughs> or it might be, as I often, as often happens to me, it's like, I have no clue. I'm waiting for you to uh, open our minds to this. <laughs> Tell us, please. <laughs> Put us out of our agony and just let us know. What is this? Any other thoughts on intellectual wisdom? Because that's the topic, intellectual wisdom. In uh, I don't know what chapter it is in the in the book. Some of you have purchased the book. What chapter is that? It's chapter nine. If the, those of you that have the book, uh, by Dick Mayhew, and uh, um, and so that's the chapter we're doing on intellectual wisdom. Well, um, as Christians, uh, our desire uh, is that our wisdom, our intellectual wisdom, the wisdom that comes from our mind, then if we want to think about it that way, that intellectual wisdom. As Christians, our desire is that this wisdom be sound biblically, that it be biblically based, and that it would be glorifying to God. That's a picture of it also. Um, if we strictly think of it in a worldly way, we might think of it as simply experience, but we want to go a little bit beyond that to what about the biblical basis of wisdom. What does the Bible say about wisdom and how we obtain wisdom and how we apply that to our lives in a spiritual, God-glorifying way? Uh, in the world, we see that a lot of what is labeled wisdom and maybe even intellectual wisdom, wisdom that comes from our mind, and I see, I see Molly shaking her head. <laughs> you know, she's, you're right there with me. <laughs> the... Uh, the, the wisdom of the world is not necessarily <laughs> and usually is not at all what we would consider biblical wisdom or glorifying to God. So what are some examples that you could point to in the world where the world says, this is wise. This is intellectually wise. Our minds have told us that this is a good thing. And yet we know that it is not sound at all biblically, that it is not glorifying to God. What's so, what are some worldly, what's, what are some worldly uh, wisdom thoughts that you could point out? Oh, if it feels good, okay. This just feels like this is the right thing to do. 
it feels like I, it makes me feel good. Let's do that. Okay. I think, I think that's, uh, yeah, it's a good one. What else? Yeah, if the majority rules. I often do that in math class when we're looking for an answer to a question. I know that you took a lot of math, Rus uh, Russell, and did your teacher ever do that? You were looking for an answer to a particularly difficult question, and, and so the teacher took a vote on, okay, well, who got five for the answer? And you took a vote, who, and whatever answer showed up the most, that was the answer. Did your teacher ever do that? <laughs> Didn't work out all the time. <laughs> and yet that happens in life, doesn't it? We, it's the majority rule, whether it's right or wrong. Everybody said, let's go that way, and so you go that way, whether it's the right thing or the wrong thing. And, uh, yeah, that was always fun to do that in class. And, and, the, the, and of course, the people that knew the right, there were always some, some that they knew what the right answer was. <laughs> and, and, and they knew that the majority got it wrong, and they were just dying inside. No, that's not right. <laughs> you can't do that. Any other thoughts on uh, some situ some examples from the world? What? Hmm? Evolution, okay, that's uh, yeah. Um, worldly wisdom uh, points to that that uh, that uh, that we were all you know over millions and even billions of years have evolved to the point that we're at uh, right now. Yeah, everybody else is doing it, so logic says that let's do that. Yeah, so we could, there are lots and lots of things that we could point to uh, in terms of examples of, of worldly wisdom um, uh, that, that are not sound biblically, they are not glorifying to God. Well, a, a benefit, a side benefit of, of biblical wisdom, and that, that thought of, a, of it feels good, do it, and that the thought of, the worldly wisdom wants us to feel good. Well, the Lord wants us to feel good too. <laughs> uh, part of part of being a Christian isn't to be unhappy. That's that's not part of part of who we are. Will we go through trials? Will we go through sadness? Will will there be times that are just gut wrenching? Even extended periods of time that are just tearing us apart. Oh, definitely. And that, and that's true of <laughs> of everyone, whether you're a Christian or not. But this certainly is something that um, the Lord wants to help us through. And ultimately, when we're in heaven, none of that will exist anymore. And even on earth, the Lord wants us to be able to endure those trials and to find happiness and blessedness even in the midst of a trial. And we can see this in, in some of the Proverbs. So consider these Proverbs. Proverbs 3.13 says, Blessed, and that would uh, you could substitute the word happy. Blessed or happy is the one who finds wisdom, the one who gets understanding. Proverbs 19.8, Whoever gets sense, understanding, wisdom, loves his own soul. And that's another way of saying that, you know, you're happy with what's going on with yourself. Loves his own soul. He who keeps understanding will discover good. Pro Proverbs 8, 32 to 36. And, and we'll come back to this uh, towards the end of the lesson. And I, uh, I, Proverbs chapter 8 is a great chapter. 
I love chapter 8 because, and this happens in a, f- in a few other, other chapters, uh, is, and that's wisdom personified, the personification of wisdom, where the Lord lets wisdom speak. And of course, it's the Lord speaking, but uh, uh, it's wisdom personified. And it's as, as if wisdom is, is just standing you, looking in th- you in the eye and talking to you. And uh, so Proverbs 8, 32 to 36 says, and here's wisdom speaking. And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and do not uh, uh, neglect it. Blessed, meaning happy again. Happy is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me, wisdom, finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. And then Proverbs 24, 13 and 14. My son, eat honey for it is good. And the drippings of the honeycomb are sweet to your taste. Know that wisdom is such to your soul. If you find it, there will be a future and your hope will not be cut off. So... um, we, we, you know, the, the thing about it feels good, do it. Well, we know that that worldly wisdom is not correct. But does the Lord want happiness for us? Does the, want, does the Lord want blessedness for us? Certainly, even in trials, he, he, he wants us to find uh, happiness even in the midst of a trial. He certainly wants that for us. Well, in the book that we're, uh, we're using as our guide, Practicing Proverbs, um, those of you that have the book can see that that Dick Mayhew divides this into three sections. And the three sections are wisdom in general, wisdom, understanding, and, and knowledge. Wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. In, in the, uh, those are the order, uh, that's the order that he has. I'm actually going to reverse that. We're going to talk about knowledge first, understanding, and then wisdom. And so in the remainder of this lesson, we're going to focus on those three areas, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. There's actually a progression that will ultimately lead to a more full definition, a more fuller understanding of what we mean by intellectual wisdom, the wisdom of our mind then. And, um, of course, uh, that intellectual mindful wisdom is a wisdom that we can uh, have joy in even as we endure uh, a sinful world. Well, you can see these terms used several times in the Proverbs. So I just want to look at a couple of passages from Proverbs where we see knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. First of all, the beginning of the, the text where we have kind of the foundation, the preamble of Proverbs in uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 7, if you want to follow along. And you'll see these three ideas of knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand the words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing and righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So you see all throughout that this beginning, this introduction to Proverbs, those three concepts, 
of knowledge and understanding and wisdom, which we'll be taking a look at. Also in uh, uh, chapter 2, verse 6, pointing out a couple other spots where we see this, chapter 2, verse 6, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Here we see all three of those together in, in that verse. Chapter 3, verses 19 and 20. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. And by his knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. And then uh, all the way over to chapter 24, verses 3 and 4. Chapter 24, verses uh, 3 and 4. By wisdom, a house is built. By understanding, it is established. And by knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. So we want to look at these three concepts. Throughout Proverbs, we see that it seems to be important. Knowledge and understanding and wisdom. First, we're going to look at knowledge. And again, those of you that have the book, I'm reversing this because in, in, in Dick's book, it's, uh, his section on knowledge is last. I'm putting it first. And the reason I'm putting it first is uh, uh, you have to have knowledge in order to really get the other two. Knowledge. So what's knowledge? What is knowledge? I'll give you a chance. What's knowledge? Hmm? Um, it might or might not be. Knowledge m might be insight, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah, knowledge is really just more information. Can you have information and not have insight? In other words, do you know people that know a lot of stuff but have no insight? Yeah. Uh, so... Information, facts. What are the facts? Um, just memorizing things. I know as an educator, that's something that uh, that uh, they we are always told by our our, our coaches um, and um, uh, peers to be careful about in terms of our teaching is that we only teach memorized facts, but that we're able to but are students able to do something with those facts and go beyond just memorize facts? Can, can, we, can we do something with those? You certainly need to start there. And, and that's what sometimes that's upsets me as an educator. Is sometimes we throw the baby out with the bathwater and we, and we forget that, especially as a math teacher, hey, they have to know how to multiply. <laughs> and, and often we, for, we, we forget some of those things. But knowledge is the gathering of facts, information, uh, somebody could somebody who's full of knowledge might be called a scholar, and yet they might be lacking some insight. Uh, somebody who's who's who has lots and lots and lots of facts just right up here, ready to go, would be really really good at Trivial Pursuit, wouldn't they? You know, they're great at Trivial Pursuit. They might they might not have a lick of common sense, and yet they're great at that game <laughs> of Trivial Pursuit. Well, we have to begin with knowledge, though. We have to have a, a basis in order to gain understanding, and that's where I'd put insight, would be understanding. In order to gain a proper understanding, in order to have wisdom, we do have to have knowledge first. We have to have a basis for those other two. 
And uh, so to be intellectually wise, biblically, from a biblical standpoint, we have to start with knowledge. We have to know our Bible. We have to know the truths of Scripture. And the more we have knowledge, biblical knowledge, the more we will be able to understand then and the more we will be able to actually put that together as wisdom. And so we have to start with knowledge. We have to know things. We, there are things that we have to know biblically, and so we start with knowledge. So here are a few Proverbs, and we've already seen uh, some of these. I've already read uh, chapter 1, verse 7. We'll look at that again. Let's look at chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. This verse lays the foundation for all of Proverbs. This is kind of the foundation verse for Proverbs. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And so we see here that we start, and and Solomon then, as he writes this, that's where he's starting. He's starting with knowledge in terms of those three ideas of knowledge, understanding, wisdom. He's starting with knowledge. But even before that, where does knowledge come from? Where does Biblical knowledge come from. It comes from, from where? This says what? The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Okay, let's talk about this. I remember being in a Sunday school class a number of years ago, and we were talking about the fear of the Lord. And someone said, well, I'm not afraid of the Lord. I don't want to be afraid of the Lord. He's my friend. He's my buddy. I'm not afraid. Now, I understood what they meant, but they don't under. But I kind of got the sense that they didn't completely understand the, the biblical meaning of fear of the Lord. This is a case of where they had some knowledge but didn't have complete understanding. We'll talk about understanding a little bit more later. But uh, So what do we mean by the fear of the Lord? Let's talk about that for a minute. So the fear of the Lord, that's where knowledge begins. But we have to have a fear of the Lord first. What does that mean? Okay, got, let, let's... Who, who was first? Oh, oh, it was Ben. Okay, Ben... Okay, God is holy, we are not. So, okay. A respect, okay, which would go along with holiness, knowing that he is holy, we are not. Respect. What else do we mean by fear of the Lord? Okay, holding the Lord in awe. Okay, yeah. Having reverence for the Lord, that the Lord knows better than we do, having a a holy reverence for the Lord, understanding his holiness and that we are not. All those things are are true. That's right. That's what we would mean by a fear of the Lord. Does that mean we are afraid and we see the Lord as unapproachable? Certainly not. Certainly not. Uh, But we revere, we reverence the Lord, we admire the Lord. And uh, basically, we, we, we uh, to put it another way, we want to have the mind of Christ when we fear the Lord. We want to have that same mind that he does. The fear of the Lord is a, is a common thread throughout, an important thread throughout the Proverbs and throughout Ecclesiastes as well. 
And uh, as a matter of fact, the fear of the Lord is, is uh, an inclusio. I, I appreciated uh, Carl Hargrove using that word quite a bit the other day when he came and preached. And uh, inclusio bookends, where you start with this concept and end with this concept. And Proverbs is, is, is like that. You can, we begin with this foundation verse in the Proverbs that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the first major section of Proverbs ends in chapter 9. Verse 18, chapter nine, the, the first nine chapters, um, if you were to characterize what's happening here in the first nine chapters of Proverbs, imagine David and Bathsheba sitting in some chairs, and at their feet you see David. And well, let, me, let me turn that around. <laughs> you see David and Bathsheba. <laughs> I, I'm a little... I'm a little bit, my <laughs> my knowledge got out of whack. <laughs> so you see David and Bathsheba sitting in some chairs, and at their feet is Solomon. And they are saying these things. The first nine chapters are basically coming from the words of David and Bathsheba to their son David sitting at their feet. Okay. Did I, I, I got it backwards again, did <laughs> Somebody help me. <laughs> David and Bathsheba talking to Solomon who's sitting at their feet. There, I think I got it right that time. I got it right two out of the four times. <laughs> 50%, if I was batting 500, that would be a pretty good batting average. Not so good biblically. <laughs> so um, that's, what, that's what these first nine chapters basically are. And look how it ends. Look, look at 9, 18. Um, no, I'm sorry, verse 10, not 18. Uh, the section ends in verse 18, but the, word, the verse that I want you to focus on is verse 10 in chapter 9. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. And so we have this inclusio of the fear of the Lord uh, that begins this section and ends this section. And then the entire book, of course, uh, Proverbs, uh, going all the way over to chapter 31, verse 30. And in chapter 31, verse 30, we, we uh, see that, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And so we see that Proverbs ends with this important concept, to fear the Lord. And of course, that is uh, Solomon's well, that that that's how Ecclesiastes ends. That's that's the conclusion that he comes through, comes to after all the, that he he t- writes about in terms of his own life experience and and how so much of it was was vain and and just chasing after the wind. And his final conclusion is fear the Lord, fear the Lord. And so the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And so to to um, to gain biblical knowledge, we first have to have this reverence, this awe of the Lord. We have to have a desire for what the Lord has to say to us. And so we see that this is a uh, this idea of the fear of the Lord is, is very common throughout the, throughout Proverbs. Um, in verse ten. Verse 14, here's another. Uh, you, can, you can find little snippets of 
little verses that give us snippets of, of the importance of knowledge throughout Proverbs. Here's, here's, I'm just giving you a couple. Chapter 10, verse 14 says, The wise lay up knowledge, but the mouth of a fool brings ruin near. The wise lay up knowledge, but the mouth of a fool brings ruin near. This is chapter 10, verse 14. So, to 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 totally understand this, you have to kind of look at the second part, but the mouth of the fool brings ruin near. In other words, you have the fool, the unwise person, just yak, 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 just, you know, whatever they're... They're, they open their mind and, and, and their brains spill out all over the place or they open their mind and there's nothing there or whatever whatever that joke is. And, and <laughs> and in, but in this case, it says, but the wise man lays up or stores his, his knowledge. In other words, he uses it properly at the right time. He just doesn't randomly spout out facts that, that have no rhyme or reason uh, for... Uh, for what's happening at the time, but he uses his knowledge at the right time. The wise lay up knowledge. They store it for use at the proper time. The fool just goes off and his mouth is running and brings ruin. Verse 19, uh, chapter 19, verse 2. Chapter 19, verse 2 says this about knowledge. Desire without knowledge is not good. Desire without knowledge is not good. And whoever makes haste, his feet misses the way. In other words, it's disastrous to just forge ahead without knowing all the facts. You have to make sure that you you know some things, that there's knowledge before for, forging ahead with a particular project or something that you're considering. Uh, the other underlying thought here is that patience and caution should rule the day rather than haste and and hastily going into something. Learn first. Make sure that you've learned as much as you can and gain knowledge before you move forward. Um, th- this, this reminded me of uh, many years ago, uh, we took a trip to the Midwest, and um, it was we were going to a family reunion, we did some other things, and, and at one point along the trip, I wanted to, my our itinerary was, would take us to Cheyenne, Wyoming. And Cheyenne, Wyoming is is not a big town, but I think it's probably the biggest town in Wyoming. Uh, but it's even it's not a big place. There aren't a lot of people in Wyoming in general. Uh, but uh, our itinerary had us there in Wyoming. And so I wanted to make a reservation at a hotel. And I had a terrible time, terrible time getting a reservation. And I'm thinking, why is this so hard? Why can't I get a room in Cheyenne, Wyoming? Who goes there? <laughs> well, guess what? In the last week of July, anybody involved, anybody knowing anything about rodeo, they go there. <laughs> the The Frontier Day Rodeo in Wyoming would probably be somewhat similar to uh, the Calgary Stampede. It would be the same kind of concept in, in, in the United States. That's the kind of thing that Frontier Days is in Wyoming. It's huge. It's one of the biggest rodeos in the United States. Lasts an entire week. For maybe it's more than a week. They have parades every day. And uh, so many people involved in, in rodeo, they, they find themselves in Cheyenne, Wyoming in the last week of July. I had no clue. Had no knowledge. <laughs> that, <laughs> but when I got there and the gal said, boy, you were 
you were lucky to get this room. I said, and now I know, you know, and I didn't, I still didn't know why. And, and I, and she, and I said, well, what's the, and she said, well, this is Frontier Days. Don't you know? I said, I had no clue. Didn't know. Had no, no knowledge of this. Well, that's kind of a silly example of, of, <laughs> of, of a lack of knowledge. <laughs> and f- lucky for me, it worked out okay. I got a room. Uh, here's another example of, uh, uh, an interesting use of knowledge. And if those of you that have kids, and most of you do, um, and, or, you, or you have been a kid, or you've worked with kids, all of you are in one of those situations. <laughs> you've been a kid, <laughs> you have kids, or you've worked with children in a, in a teaching situation. Have you ever had this kind of situation? Um, suppose that uh, you are the parent or the teacher, and there is a... Um, um, and uh, uh, you know, there's a student that's misbehaving. Uh, in my text here, I use the word Johnny. My my apologies to John. So <laughs> and Johnny, suppose the teacher says, "Johnny, please sit still and be quiet while I'm talking. Please sit still and be quiet while I'm trying to teach." Well, what does Johnny do? Well, Johnny obeys, right? Well, sometimes he doesn't, but let's uh, let's assume he does. So Johnny's, Johnny then quiets down. But then the teacher, somebody comes in and wants to talk to the teacher for a brief moment. And so the teacher all of a sudden is not talking to the class anymore. What does Johnny do? He jumps up and down. That's right. It's like, well, you weren't. And so the teacher says, Johnny, what are you doing? I told you to be quiet. Well, you weren't talking. He was doing with, he was using the knowledge that he had. The knowledge that he had was, don't talk while I'm talking. So he didn't. But as soon as the teacher stopped talking, what did he do? And, and all of us, if you're a teacher, you've all seen that situation, haven't you? You've all seen it. <laughs> and some of you can say, yeah, I even remember it. I was that kid. <laughs> I was the kid. We, we, we see it all the time. So there's an example of, of, of okay, I've got, a, I've got some knowledge, and that's as far as it goes. <laughs> and I'm going to apply that to the letter of the law. Well, he had knowledge, but he didn't have, of course, complete understanding. Didn't have complete understanding of what the teacher was after here. And so that's what we want to move to next is, uh, is understanding. And, and maybe little Johnny did understand. He might have just been kind of like we are sometimes. Just He was just being completely disobedient. You know, there's also that option too. But when you're young and just a, a little kid, little girls and boys, you know, they, you know, you tell them to do this, so they do that, but that's all they know. And so then they go to do something else. Um, I thought of my dad who often said, well, he needs the Board of Education applied to the seat of understanding. And uh, <laughs> the Board of Education, knowledge, applied to the seat of understanding. So that's where we're going to next is understanding. Well, understanding, uh, Anne mentioned insight earlier. That's what we would mean by understanding, insight, where we would join meaning to knowledge. What does this knowledge really mean to us? What does it really mean? We form principles, and we're able to reason from the knowledge that we have. A person who possesses just knowledge, we might call them a scholar, 
And a person who possesses this understanding, we might call them a teacher, uh, one who can properly convey this knowledge, um, somebody who can extract meaning from these facts, extract meaning from the information that we have from knowledge, to be able to see through and sort through all the facts. Understanding is the lens that puts everything in focus. Uh, think about a jigsaw puzzle where you have all these pieces. Think about this. Uh, think about knowledge. All these pieces of knowledge that are just randomly scattered. When you first open up a jigsaw puzzle, you dump it out and you just see chaos. And we can think of of, of that chaos. Sometimes that's how knowledge is to us. We know a lot of things, but we haven't put it all together. Understanding then puts it all together and can put all the pieces in the right place so that you see the big picture. And so that's what understanding does for us, is it allows us to see this big picture. So to be wise intellectually, we have to have knowledge, but we also have to have understanding in order to fit that knowledge together properly. Here's a few proverbs uh, that pertain to understanding. We've, we've already read this in, in verse uh, chapter 1, verses one, uh, verses 2 and 6. So I'll just read this again. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight. So there it uses those two concepts together, understanding and insight. To receive instruction in wise dealing in, in righteousness, justice, and equity. To give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. And the one who understands obtain guidance being able to see a clear path, being able to have the knowledge put into focus, understands, the one who understands obtains guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying and the words of the wise and their riddles. And their riddles. Do you have, did you have teachers at one point that kind of talked in riddles? They did nothing but ask questions. And it would be like, stop asking questions, just tell us. <laughs> and... Uh, but understanding, understanding these, these, these riddles or these unknown mysteries. And um, in, my, in my study, one of the things that, that I read, which I thought was, well, that's very true, uh, with today, as, as today, many of us are intrigued by riddles, intrigued by mysteries that, that come up. And the, certainly at the time of the Proverbs, when the Proverbs were written, and probably any time uh, in, hu- in human history, there's been a fascination with the unknown, a fascination with riddles and the unexplained. And in this purpose statement that we read here in the first part of Proverbs, um, we we see that, that through understanding, we can clear up life's ambiguities. Things can come into focus as as we put our knowledge of the Word together and our knowledge of God together. We can put these things into focus and understand Chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, which, are, which might be the, the, uh, uh, probably the verses that most of us think of when we think of any verses in Proverbs. Those are probably, that would be immediately what many of us would, would think of, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Well, here we have kind of a negative uh, spin on understanding, in that, in that we are not to lean on our own understanding. Uh, so we have understanding used in a, in a negative sense, uh, not to trust 
in our own. And, and in other words, we might look at those worldly concepts of, of self-determination and self-sufficiency. Now, there's nothing wrong with hard work. There's nothing wrong with using our God-given talents. But to put 100% stock in that, then that is what this verse is saying, beware of. Is beware that it's just you alone. It's not just you alone. You need to turn to godly wisdom as your guide. Um, this trust is not, it's not a blind trust where we just throw critical judgment out the window, but it's a confident trust that the Lord knows. Somebody said that earlier, that the Lord knows what is true and what is right. And we have confidence that the Lord has our best interest in mind. And that will be proved as we trust him. He will prove himself as he guides us down the path that he's prepared for us. When you continue on in verse 7, verse 7 gives a commentary on the previous two. If you look at uh, verse 7, it, it says, Don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't think that you'll be able to determine right and wrong apart from God and his wisdom. So don't, don't think that you know uh, what is right. Trust in the Lord. Now, here's some more. Let's go back to little Johnny. Johnny, who immediately started misbehaving as soon as the teacher stopped talking. So how would Johnny react if he had a complete understanding of what the teacher really meant? So when the teacher paused or was interrupted for a minute, how would little Johnny behave? Well... He would remain quiet, wouldn't he? He would say, well, I, I, I understand the teacher said, don't talk while I'm talking. Well, there's just this brief interruption. I know that I need to continue to be quiet because she's going to start the lesson uh, any time now. And so there would be that understanding that, that okay, I need to continue to, to be quiet. Uh, and then, then we understand. Of course, um, uh, we know that that doesn't always work either, <laughs> but <laughs> but an understanding would uh, hopefully produce that. Another example would be, uh, a biblical example would be the Jews in Jesus' time. The Jews in Jesus' time, the Pharisees. Boy, they had tons of knowledge, but did they understand any of it? I suppose you could say they understood some things, but did they understand that Jesus was the Messiah? Certainly not. All this knowledge that the Pharisees had, and yet they couldn't put the pieces together. They hadn't understanding. And we have a good example of one who finally did come to understanding. One of those guys was Nicodemus, who came to the Lord and said, basically, help me understand this. What do I do? And uh, the Lord explained to Nicodemus. And Nicodemus gained eternal life. And he also gained godly wisdom in his interaction with the Lord. So let's talk about wisdom now. Now, wisdom is the practical application of that knowledge and understanding. That's what we mean by intellectual, biblical wisdom, is how do we apply this knowledge? How do we apply this understanding? How do, what do we do with it? So this intellectual knowledge, biblical knowledge is knowing what to do 
when to do it, with who to do it, making the correct choice, taking the proper and correct actions. Um, if knowledge makes one a scholar and understanding makes one a teacher, then this intellectual wisdom would make one what we might call a practitioner, a, uh, a doctor practices, for example, or, or a lawyer or a counselor, uh, then somebody who can put this into correct practice, into proper practice. I've got the knowledge. I understand how this all works together. And now I can practice this and make, make good decisions and choices with this knowledge and with this understanding. And this can be beneficial. Uh, biblically, we can put it this way. We can say that this intellectual wisdom is, is, under, is hearing the word understanding and knowing the word and doing God's word, meaning obeying, obedience to the word. If we fear the Lord and we're relying on him, then we've uh, come a long way on our journey to what is really godly intellectual wisdom if we have those things in place. I, As I mentioned before, I really enjoy the, the personification of the of the Proverbs, and, and um, one, um, I've, I've read some of them already. Here's another personification of wisdom. Chapter 1, verses 20 and 22. Here is wisdom speaking. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? And so you can just kind of imagine, uh, if you can, can imagine wisdom speaking. How long are you guys just going to ignore me? <laughs> How long are you going to do that? And of course, the, you can kind of start to picture this, that uh, the, here is wisdom crying out at the, at the city streets. And so you've got the hustle and bustle of the city. And just think about life today. What is the world's attitude towards God or anything godly? It's, I don't have time for that. For me, it's just got to be business as usual. Let me be about my business, whatever that is. And I don't have time for the Lord. Let me be about my business. And so you, when, as wisdom is crying out in the street at the head of the noisy streets at the entrance of the city gates, and we, the, the Lord is crying out to the world, and some will respond, but we know that not all will. That's why we evangelize, though, is so that all will hear. That all will hear wisdom crying out. As we evangelize, as we present the gospel, that's wisdom crying out to the world then. And often the world will say, I'm busy. That's out of step with my mindset. That's out of step with my intellectual wisdom. The biblical intellectual wisdom is not the worldly intellectual wisdom. It's out of step. But as I've already read in chapter 24, verse 3 through 6, by wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it's established. And by knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. A wise man is full of strength, 
and a man of knowledge enhances his might. For wise guidance you can wage your war, and in abundance of counselors there's victory. In other words, the final victory is the one who gains this biblical wisdom. Now, what about little Johnny? Well, if little Johnny had this type of wisdom, if he not only had knowledge and he had understanding and he also had wisdom, then little Johnny would not only understand the importance of, of being quiet in class, and he, he would know how to behave, and he would know why he's behaving. Um, and it wasn't just because the teacher said so, but because it's honoring to the, to the Lord. And what's even more important than that is there's a desire within little Johnny. He comes to class with a desire. He wants to pay attention. He wants to learn. He wants to focus. And it goes way beyond just knowledge and understanding. There's a desire within him, and that's the way it is for us. How do we come to the house of the Lord? Is it because of some superficial knowledge or understanding? Or is there a desire within us? Is there a desire within our heart to let it all sink in and to, and to, to be even more wise as we gather more and more knowledge and understanding? Um, just to finish up here, one of my favorite parts, another favorite part of Proverbs is chapter 4, verses 5 through 9 where we are told to get wisdom. Get wisdom. Well, how do you do that? (laughs) How do you get wisdom? Chapter 4, verses 5 through 9, I won't read all those verses, but we're told to get wisdom. So how do you get wisdom? Well, we've talked about a few things today. One of the ways you get wisdom is you fear the Lord. Through the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, is the beginning of wisdom. There's a fear of the Lord that must be there, a reverence, an awe. Something else that we've talked about is to have a knowledge and understanding of God's Word. We must gain more and more knowledge of the Word of God. We must understand and put it into focus, put all those knowledgeable things, the pieces of knowledge that we have, into focus. So we have to study and meditate and and understand God's word. But we also need to desire. There's got to be a desire for this prize of wisdom. In Proverbs chapter 2, verse 4, and then in chapter 4, verse 8, we read this. Uh, Solomon says, Seek it like silver and search for it as a hidden treasure. That's how we, we're to look at, at wisdom. Prize her highly, and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. Prize wisdom. Desire it. Go after it as you would a treasure. A fourth thing that you could do is pray. How did Solomon get his wisdom? He prayed. Solomon prayed for it. He prayed for wisdom, and the Lord said, I will grant you this wisdom, and even more. And so he prayed. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, what are we to do? Let him ask of God. Pray for it if you lack wisdom. Pray for wisdom. We don't automatically become intellectually, biblically wise as soon as we become a Christian. When you became a Christian, you weren't wise. 
Some of you still aren't. <laughs> I, I know that I've got a long way to go. And you could say, well, you know, and, and, and you have to think of wisdom at this point as, sanct- as where are you on your road to sanctification and the progressive nature of that. Wisdom is that way also. And so we, uh, we want to pray that our wisdom would grow. And finally, think about the fact that you're not going to be on this earth forever. You're going to die. We're all going to die at one point to an, at another. Think of your shortness of life. And, uh, of course, as the older we get, I know that it's for me, the older I get, the more I think about death. Not in a bad way, in a good way. Um, you know, if, if I should not make it through the today, I'm not going to complain about that at all. Uh, not one little bit. Psalm 90, verse 12 says this, Teach us to number our days that we will get a heart of wisdom. I think what the psalmist is saying is there is finish well. Examine your life and how you can be wise and how you can finish well for the Lord, for his glory. Put your knowledge, put your understanding together. Gain more wisdom, pray for it, desire it. Finish well. Your days are numbered. So this is how we get knowledge. Let's pray. Father, I, I just thank you for the, the time that we've had together, and we thank you for your word. Um, we thank you for the, uh, the direction that you give us through your word, and as we've just uh, looked on how do, you, how do we get wisdom Um, I ask that this is something that we would uh, meditate on, that we wouldn't just think about it as a bunch of facts and information, but that we would come to understanding uh, of of how this all fits together, that we would desire to be wise, that uh, we would pray, that we would become more and more wise biblically and and godly for your glory, that we would understand that uh, our days are numbered here, and we want to live in a, in a way that's pleasing to you every day of our life that we have, that you, you give us on earth. But we know that, uh, that the other side of this world, hope and happiness awaits us, and we thank you for that. And we thank you that you do tell us how to get wisdom. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.